good evening and welcome to Deep in Scripture. This is Marcus Grodi, your host for this program. Thank you for joining us. We're coming to you over EWTN radio and uh, broadcasting from the Coming Home Network International in uh, Central Ohio. And thank you for joining us. This program, Deep in Scripture, is a way of looking at the wonderful gift that we've received from God, the Scriptures we receive through His church, and our desire is to study the word within the context that it was given, within the context of sacred tradition, within the context of, of the church, uh, given to us by the teachers of the church, guided by the Holy Spirit. And uh, my guest tonight is, uh, a, a, like myself, a convert to the church, Dr. Eduardo Echeverria. He is a uh, professor of philosophy in the Graduate School of Theology at Sacred Heart Major Seminary, Detroit, Michigan. He has degrees in philosophy and theology, and uh, he's is an author, published articles in many journals, and uh, in fact, they've got a book sitting next to me that I dropped on the floor. It's a book called Slitting the Sycamore, Christ and Culture in the New Evangelization. He's very committed to the, the idea of uh, the new evangelization, which is the work that's a very big part of, um, of the work at the sick. Uh, Sacred Heart Seminary up in Detroit. Um, Eduardo has appeared on the Journey Home program, and uh, he's just a wonderful uh, servant of of the Lord. And I asked, we asked him, of course, what verse was important to him that helped inspire him to follow Christ, and he chose Second Corinthians five seventeen through twenty. It's a great verse, and we're going to look at it in a moment. This verse. Uh, challenges us. First of all, it tells us about how we're different if, in fact, we are in Jesus. Something has happened. And because it has happened, we are not only truly different, but we are to be different with a charge. And we'll talk about that in a moment. I just want to remind you, though, that this program has a website, deepinscripture.com. If you go to the website, you'll see a a photo of our guest tonight, Dr. Eduardo Echeverria. You'll see links to a variety of neat things that will tell you about the Coming Home Network International, archives of the old programs, resources. you also see our phone number in case you'd like to call us. I would love to have your thoughts or questions. We can take a question from you, if you'd like one, we can we can use it on the program tonight, 800-664-5110 or 740-450-1175, or you can send me an email, marcus at deepinscripture.com. I will say something about uh, Dr. Etchefria's background. Uh, before he was a Catholic, he's he, he's always been very interested in, in, uh, in philosophy and particularly his background in evangelical Protestantism was very deeply connected to Protestant evangelical philosophy, Francis Schaeffer, Labrie, some of the teachers of the Dutch school, and he may talk a bit about that, but that's where he comes from. So any of you listening that have that background, or even now, we'd love to hear from you, some of your thoughts. And uh, this verse that we've chosen, it's always been a favorite uh, from the, the particular uh, segment of evangelical that I evangelicalism that I was a part of from my seminary training at Gordon Conwell, um, and the the writers that came uh, 
from um, Britain uh, that influenced the InterVarsity movement. A lot of us loved this verse because it was an encouragement to recognize that we have been changed. But I will say, and Eduardo, you're listening, I'm going to have you on in a moment, that from our Calvinist background, though, the idea of being changed in reality after our conversion to Jesus Christ was often a matter of, uh, of doubt, and really because of this idea of total depravity and that our complete conversion has to do with grace. But maybe we'll get to that uh, in this verse. Now, let me read this text. For those of you that don't have the scriptures open, and again, we'd love to hear from you if you have any questions or comments in, during tonight's program. The verse, again, is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. Paul writes, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We beseech you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. You're listening to Deep in Scripture. This is Marcus Grodi, your host for this program, and you're hearing us on EWTN, your global Catholic radio network. time on the journey home. Join Marcus as he welcomes daughter of converts, Sister Teresa Benedicta Block to the show. Find out what convinced her to leave her faith tradition and make the journey home to the Catholic Church. That's on the next Journey Home, only on EWTN. The Journey Home is seen and heard around the world on EWTN. For dates and times in your area, log on to EWTN.com. Coming Home Network International and Marcus Grodi invite you to join us for our 7th Annual Deep in History Conference coming this fall to Columbus, Ohio. This year we will begin on the rock looking to understand the question of authority, the pillar and bulwark of truth. Join us the weekend of October 23rd as we bring together another exciting list of speakers. For more information, go to deepinhistory.com or call us at 800-664-5110. Welcome back to Deep in Scripture. This is Marcus Grodi, your host for this program. I'm joined tonight by Dr. Eduardo Echeverria. Good evening, Eduardo. Marcus, how are you? Uh, it's Good to great. be on your show. It's great to have you with us. Great to see you, too, because I'm looking at your picture on our website. It's great to okay. have you. And also great to hear that things are going well up in Detroit. Wonderful. It's a wonderful place, Sacred Heart Major Seminary. You know, the seminary is committed to the mind of the church. Uh, we have great colleagues. I have great colleagues, uh, teachers, uh, uh, men and women who, who want to be a witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ and to the new evangelization that the Holy Father John Paul II called us to. Yes, which, in case our audience doesn't completely realize the phrase, almost a technical phrase, the new evangelization, that it's the Catholic Church's commitment not merely to to reach outside the church to bring people to Christ and to his body in the fullness, but 
helping Catholics. Right. Evangelize a, within the boundaries of the church. Exactly. Which is, I don't know about your background, Eduardo, but when I was a Protestant minister, I pulled a few Catholics out of the Catholic Church. I don't well, know if you did that. No, uh, uh, well, I was I, I was never a minister, <laughs> but uh, I think uh, maybe maybe this would be a mighty good way to get into discussing some of the elements of of the the passage you read. But yes, I think sometimes um, uh, we we Catholics lost a sense that they too needed to respond to the gospel to be converted. There was a sense in which uh, yes, it's true, the sacrament of baptism is the sacrament of rebirth and uh, regeneration and that we're made new in Christ and and so on but uh, there tended to be uh, a de-emphasis or and sometimes not not even a uh, uh, an emphasis on um, conversion and yeah. responding to the gospel and the call to holiness so so people uh, you know they they went to church but they didn't really know uh, they didn't really understand uh, the Christian life and and what Christ called us to and the extent the extent the scope of uh, the transformation that we receive. So I always say you need to distinguish between rebirth in Christ, the sacrament of baptism, regeneration, being reborn. We're born again Christians, yep. uh, and conversion, uh, uh, responding to the gospel. Evidence that God's grace, baptismal grace, is at work in your life is that, in fact, you've committed your life to Christ. You've uh, you, you're 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 a convert in that sense, huh? and and you understand the the lordship of Christ and uh, the ministry of reconciliation yeah. that uh, has been entrusted to us by Christ in the church. Well, this in this verse you've chosen is such a key verse that expresses all of that as well. Well, it as really our, does. Our, our, it you know, I'm thinking though just before going that that one of the great um, theologian philosophers of the Catholic Church of about 100 years ago, uh, Father Garigou Lagrange, in his book, The Three Ways of the Spiritual Life, makes a comment that it's a sin that the majority of Christians never progress beyond the first conversion. Right, right. And it's, it's interesting, uh, if you go back and you, you look at the catechism, um, there's an emphasis in the catechism uh, in in uh, in the context of for instance the sacrament of confession and penance and it's called the sacrament of conversion because conversion in that sense is an ongoing it's an ongoing reality in the life of a christian although there does have to be a time a moment uh, uh, in which you in fact respond to the gospel where you where you accept what christ did for you on the cross so in that sense, it's not going to be, uh, uh, the you know, sufficient just to say that I've been baptized. Uh, it's it's not for nothing that the sacrament of baptism is is a, a sacrament of entry mm-hmm. uh, into the into the church and into the kingdom of God. So we we need to uh, we need to understand uh, if I can refer to that first verse. Now yes, we need to ahead. understand the scope of uh, the transformation that. Uh, we undergo uh, by belonging to Christ. Huh? Um, the 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 transformation. How how much more dramatic? Jesus tells us that we. Jesus tells uh, Nicodemus in the Gospel of John in the third chapter that we have to be born again. That's that's an incredible, that's an incredible transformation. Huh? Uh, Saint Paul here and elsewhere speaks about us 
in Christ being a new creation, uh, putting off putting off the old man and putting on the new man, or the old nature and putting on the new nature, or that we've been transformed from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. I always tell my students this is so dramatic, so uh, deep and wide-ranging, the scope of this transformation. It's, it, it, we, we don't do it justice if we just think of our relationship to Christ as one of uh, where, you know, where Christ helps us every now and then. <laughs> Uh, that's 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 uh, and 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 then we think that we can do it on our own, uh, except at those moments where we can turn to the Lord for help. We don't really understand then the scope of the transformation that is ours by virtue of being one in the Lord Jesus Christ through the sacrament of baptism. Mm-hmm. Especially um, when we look at this passage in light of all that Paul wrote, and especially also in in light of the wider sacred tradition, this this change that happens. Um, in us uh, on one level is what happens to each of us individually. Well, that's right. But but there's also the level of which, you know, you, Eduardo, and I also now, because we are both in Christ, we have a different relationship. That has been changed. Well, that's right. That's right. Because even though in the, uh, I always always say this to students because there's a misunderstanding here, the message that, that has been entrusted to us, the ministry that has been entrusted to us, is the ministry of reconciliation, first and foremost, with God. Uh, because, as it says in verse 18, huh, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Huh? Mm-hmm. And, so, and so the ministry of reconciliation is first to be reconciled to God, and as a consequence of that reconciliation, we are then in Christ reconciled to each other. Um, and then, of course, that ministry of reconciliation has has implications uh, not only for uh, for our for our uh, relationship with others, but also internally for the yep. the brokenness of our own internal life, our own interior life, as well as the brokenness that we experience in in human relationships and in and in the the world. The world as such, in marriage and family and in mm-hmm. uh, cultural uh, cultural matters, huh? And but so it, the the ambassadorship that we have received from Christ, that th- through which Christ through which God is making an appeal to us, is to proclaim the gospel of reconciliation to the Father, because sin separates us from God. And and as you were uh, uh, talking about to uh, from ourselves too, I'm thinking of of a couple of Psalms where David. Uh, really appears to be talking to himself, you know, when he says, "Be right. still, my soul." Well, he's right. talking to his right. soul, recognizing right. that within himself there's a division, right? There's a moaning, there's a struggle. Well, that's and right. So the so there's an interior, uh, there's an interior conflict which is a con- uh, that affects because sin affects us interiorly, mm-hmm. uh, as well as uh, affecting our relationship with others and and cultural institutions and. Uh, in in that sense, the scope of the, the scope of the transformation is as deep as the scope of sin. Huh? There's no area of human life that is unaffected by sin. That's not the same thing as saying that we're as bad as we could be. No, because through God's grace, through His mercy, He restrains uh, sin from fully disclosing its its consequences in human life. Huh? Uh, so there's still goodness and mercy and justice and 
community and love and life and so on. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, nevertheless, because we are born alienated and estranged from God, our nature has to be transformed. And in Christ, that's what happens. And then as we go on, of course, we can see that uh, evidence of that transformation, of, of uh, evidence of where we manifest you know, our oneness in Christ as a new creation is, and this is another theme in St. Paul, in, in Colossians and in Ephesians and, and elsewhere, uh, that we have to make choices that are worthy of the calling that we've received in yes. Christ. Huh? Uh, in fact, it, just a verse right before, uh, you know, a couple paragraphs before the one you've chosen, verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one must receive good or evil according to what he has done in the body. Well, that's right. We have to live different lives we in have to relationship to how we've been changed. That's right. We have to, there are some passages that, you know, in, in St. Paul, um, uh, uh, for instance, in uh, in, in Colossians 3.17 and in Ephesians 4.1, where he uses those very words, you know, uh, making choices that are worthy of the calling that we yeah. receive in Christ. Not, uh, not just any choice that we make is going to be worthy and consistent with that calling, consistent with uh, our, our, our being now one in Christ, a new creation, where the old has passed away and the new has come, uh, not just any choice is going to be consistent with the reconciliation that we've received in Christ through through his suffering and, 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 and death on the cross and his resurrection. Uh, there's a sense in which, and, and this is what's important for me about this passage and other passages, is that it indicates the, 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 the total scope of the Christian life, that it's a that it, that it involves our whole life, that it involves every area of life, that it's not just about however central the, the Mass and the liturgy is as, 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 the, as the source and the summit of the Christian life, that the Christian life is, uh, is, is, uh, embraces every area of human life. So, you know, I tell my students, uh, well, we have to make choices in our marriage and, and our family that, that are, that's, that's consistent with that calling. Um, and that's where we get into the whole question of life in Christ and the, the, you know, the, the life in Christ, which is rooted in the, the, the grace of the sacraments. Uh, in fact, I want you to go there. At the very beginning, he makes this very simple statement. Um, it's an if-then statement, right? Right. If anyone is in Christ. If right. anyone is in Christ. Well, talk a bit about that. We've got I'm assuming that there are some that are listening that do not understand the Catholic understanding of salvation, and there also might be a Catholic or two that have brought up through the conveyor belt of the church but are not real 100% sure. Are they in Christ? How does one know that? Well, um, I think the, the, uh, the scriptures and, and, uh, and through the, 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 the teachings of the church assure us that if we if we are baptized, Jesus himself said, if we are baptized by water and the spirits, uh, we are born again. We are born again. But uh, 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 so there's a there's a there's a, sal- uh, a a salvific significance that we uh, that we can ascribe to the sacrament of baptism. That's the entry. That's the entry point into the church and hence into fellowship and a relationship with God in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. However, 
However, it's always very important, as I said earlier, uh, not to uh, ignore that there has to be evidence that that grace, that baptismal grace, is at work in our lives. So how do we know that it's at work in our lives? Well, we've responded to the gospel. We've made, we've, we've made a heartfelt uh, act of repentance and commitment, and we've said, Lord, I accept what you did for me on the cross. Uh, and uh, it seems to me that that's, uh, that's going to be evidence that that grace is at work. I mean, and that's, uh, that's what confirmation and that's is supposed exactly to do. Right. That's exactly right. That's where confirmation, rightly understood, confirmation should be that, mo- that, that moment, that, that time in which we are evangelizing mm-hmm. young people to understand, uh, to understand the faith, to understand uh, the commitment uh, and the response and that conversion that's necessary uh, by God's grace so that they can then uh, boldly proclaim the gospel and live the Christian life and then understand, of course, that the life in Christ is rooted in, the, in grace and that grace takes on a sacramental form and that's, again, the whole, the whole dimension of the choices that we make uh, have to be worthy of the calling that we've received in Christ. We, we tend to stop with, we, we, well, part, part of it is we don't make the distinction oftentimes between the sacrament of baptism, which is, of course, the sacrament of rebirth, and conversion. And so we don't, you know, you can be going to church, you can be going to Mass forever, and, and the priest has never called you to a personal relationship with Christ, to, yeah. to commit your life to Christ, to accept what he did for you. And so you're, you're I always say, yes, by God's grace, you're, you're, still go, you're going to Mass, you're in church, uh, grace has drawn you there, but, but you really haven't uh, at this point understood the fullness of the Christian life. You really haven't understood that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, because you've reduced being a Christian to going to Mass on Sunday. To the different acts that are expected of every Catholic. Exactly, and, exactly. And, and so it becomes formalistic, right. externalistic. It's, it, that's why people, you know, it's ritualistic. And, and, and that's so why it was easy to pull some Catholics out of the church. Well, exactly. And that's why they often yep. say, how many people, even I remember years ago listening to, um, um, I forget her name now, but she used to, she still r- works on the 700 Club with Pat Robinson, and she was, she was raised Catholic, and yep. she used to say, you know, no one ever told me that, that, uh, you know, that the Christian life was about a personal relationship with Christ. It was in, in the church, in the Catholic Church, it was all, uh, it was all ritual, it was all impersonal, uh, external, all that. And there are elements of truth to that, that that's how people yeah. experience it. Now, of it, course, you don't have to leave the church to hear the gospel right. uh, or to respond to the gospel or to commit your life to Christ, but, but we the laity and the priest uh, and so on, we have to be busy with evangelizing, calling people to conversion, to respond to the gospel. And that's, of course, part of what the new evangelization is. I would say that the way I've described it in the past is our need to close the sale. Um, In other words, we often prepare Catholics with a lot of information, but we don't close the sale on them. Just as you said, that, that often they're not challenged to, to take a stand for Jesus. I'm, I'm not saying that they aren't, but 
Well, I didn't hear it. I used to say, because yeah. I was raised Catholic, I used to say, I didn't hear, uh, yeah. because I, I didn't want to make a judgment about, you know, the, 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 the nuns that I had in grammar school and, and the Marist brothers that I had at Mount St. Michael Academy in, in, in the Bronx. But I didn't hear it there. I didn't yeah. hear the gospel there. I didn't hear the call to conversion. I heard it elsewhere. And that's what I think John Paul II, uh, arguably, uh, you know, one of the, uh, if not the greatest evangelist of the 20th century, understood that the papacy was a vehicle of evangelization because the church has a missionary mandate. And so he formulated this principle, the project of the new evangelization, which, as you said earlier, it's not just about evangelizing non-Christians, uh, for Christ's sake, but it's also about evangelizing within the boundaries of the church, because yeah. we can't assume that pe- just because people call themselves Catholics or because they go to Mass on Sunday, that they actually know what it is that the Christian life is about, that they actually understand what St. Paul tells us here, that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Uh, they may not understand that the reconciliation that they have received, uh, uh, the salvation of their sins, uh, and, that, and that that has implications for the whole of their life. Mm-hmm. And the choices that they make have to be consistent and worthy of that, the calling that they have received in Christ. The, in verse 17, there's a couple of things I just want to point out, um, because there's a wide breadth on the one hand, if anyone, which in that sense, Paul was making a very bold proclamation that it wasn't limited just to one little small group or one class or one race or one ethnic. It's anyone. Well, that's right. And, and so it's open completely wide to conclude every single human being that exists on this planet. And then it also then says is in Christ, and so in that, it then narrows everything down to a reality that we must be in him, as he said, that no one comes to the Father except by me. That's so right. So it's open to everybody, but that doesn't mean it's a universal, decide whatever you want, um, that everybody's a new creation, or that everyone is somehow in Christ. No, it does involve uh, a, a really specific being in him. And then right. the, the next part that goes on is that this he is a new creation, is uh, is a, a present reality. That's right. A person is this. It's not something they can become or something they'd like to be or that they might someday be. It's that right. they are. And so right. it's something people have to recognize as true about them. And it's for right. everyone who by baptism and faith is a, a member of the body of Christ. Right. Let's take a break. When we come back, um, Eduardo, I'd like to, again, reflect on a couple other things on this, this idea of the old gone and the news come. I mean, what does that mean for our audience? You're listening to Deep in Scripture. This is your host, Marcus Grodi. I'm joined this evening by Dr. Eduardo Echeverria, and you're hearing us on EWTN, your global Catholic radio network. 
Mark your calendars and pack your bags. The Global Catholic Network is bringing you another EWTN family celebration. On August 8th and 9th, we'll be in Birmingham, Alabama, celebrating this year's theme, Rejoice in Hope. Join some of our most popular hosts, Marcus Grodi, Raymond Arroyo, Barbara McWigan, Father Wade Menezes, The Donut Man, and more. We'll have inspirational talks, Holy Mass, Family Corner, a kid's concert by The Donut Man, and a live taping of a special Crossing the Goal with Danny Abramowitz. For more information on this free event, log on to EWTN.com or call 205-271-2989. The EWTN Family Celebration, August 8th and 9th in Birmingham, Alabama. We'll see you there. Here's that number again for more information, 205-271-2989 or log on to EWTN.com. Welcome back to Deep in Scripture. This is Marcus Grodi, your host. I'm joined this evening by Dr. Eduardo Echeverria, and we're looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 through 20. There's a lot here. Um, the phrase in the second part of verse 17, the old has passed away, behold, the new has come. Now, I'm telling you something, Eduardo. I remember, well, maybe I don't remember, but I was baptized kind of later in life, age seven, as a Lutheran. And this passage may even have been read during that ceremony, but I pretty well can vouch for the fact that the way that I felt on Saturday was not a whole lot different than the way that I felt Sunday afternoon. And the habits that I had Saturday and, and some of the tendencies had, are, were still there Sunday afternoon, even though we believe that in baptism, original sin is gone. The slate is riped clean. We stand before God without embarrassment. But what's wrong? Well, I think uh, I think partly what's wrong is that uh, um, if you if we're thinking in terms of uh, you know a sort of life a life trajectory, then of course uh, in some instances what's wrong is that uh, uh, there's lacking the the call to to an ongoing conversion and an ongoing response to the gospel, huh? Uh, in the New Testament, if I could put it this way. There's the indicative and the imperative. St. Paul tells us that we have been saved. You know, our salvation has been accomplished. It is finished. Uh, Christ has freed us from sin, death, and the devil. So there's the indicative. But the imperative is also that we have to work out our salvation. That, that uh, in principle, of course, the old has passed away. Uh, we've received that heart of flesh uh, that uh, we read in, in, you know, in Jeremiah, in the prophet Jeremiah, our nature has been transformed. But, but, and so in that sense, the old has passed away, because now our sinful nature has been, uh, in, in that sense, at its root, eradicated. Mm-hmm. So we're no longer living in the flesh, if we could use another term that Paul uses, but, we're, but we are in the spirit. And but then he urges us at the same time when he says that, we're, that if we're not in the flesh but we're in the spirit or if we're not in the kingdom of darkness but have been transformed to the kingdom of light, if we've put off the old man, as he says elsewhere in, 
in, in Colossians and, and put on the new man, well, that's the indicative. It's been accomplished. We've been transformed. We can trust in, 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 uh, in that transformation because, because of what Christ did for us on the cross, his finished work. But at the same time, there's the call, the imperative to work out your salvation, to bring about the, the, uh, the, the, the manifestation of that transformation in your life, in your practices. And so I'm not surprised that you didn't, yeah. well, the you reason, know, that the reason, it wasn't a, a sudden... Yeah. Um, well, the reason I bring that up, and knowing your background, as Calvinist and, and mine brought up Lutheran and later Calvinist and seminary and as a pastor, I mean, in many ways, it was this question to really simplify things that drove the Reformation. I mean, here you have Martin Luther that, you know, he, he struggles with the fact that he hasn't been changed. There's a problem. You know, he goes to the confessional all the time, the scrupulosity in dealing with some of these issues. And so he ends up with a theology that really recognizes, on the one hand, that it's all grace, but that we're nothing but, a, you know, to use the imagery, snow-covered dunghill. And so the trajectory of that is ending up with theologies that basically imply that you're in Christ when you come down to a football stadium and you kneel down and say the sinner's prayer, and then you've arrived, and now you're once saved, always saved, as a part of the tulip theology of, of Calvinism. And the idea of, of, of the imperative part is not as crucial anymore because of what the, the present tense reality has been done Again, following this passage, not because of anything I did, but it's all God's grace. Right, right. But but, but we we have as uh, we have as Catholics, and I think I think if we had a uh, you know a longer time to to discuss yeah. this, of course, I think I think even you know Cal, certainly Calvin and and I think to a, to a certain extent even Luther, they too have a doctrine of sanctification. Sure, we have a doctrine of sanctification quite clearly. Uh, and and uh, and 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 we want to heed the imperative of Saint Paul, uh, not to gratify, as uh, as he says, the desires of the sinful nature. Uh, we've been transformed. The old has gone, the new has come, and now we have to work out mm-hmm. our salvation. Uh, we have to, as he urges us, as I've said several times tonight, as he urges us repeatedly to make choices that are worthy of the calling that that uh, that we've received in Christ and you know the best one of the best places to see this of course is in Galatians because in the in the 5th chapter because there he he distinguishes between the life uh, life in the flesh uh, and life in the spirit and the, and the, the the choices and practices that arise in from each of those uh uh, uh life um, from each of those uh uh, if you will, each of those lifestyles that uh, that that we live, uh, those that are uh, consistent with our sinful nature, and those that that aren't, those that uh, that are consistent with the flesh, and those that are consistent with with the spirit. And he gives us, uh, we should be in no doubt. I mean, he gives us a, a, a catalog, if you will, of choices that flow from the, our sinful nature, from the flesh, and those that flow from being in Christ. Uh, those, as he says, in fact, in Galatians 5, verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit, and so on. All of that is, uh, I think, connected with 
what it means to be a new, a new, mm-hmm. a new creation, and the, the sense in which the old nature has been uprooted, has been in principle uprooted, and the, the old man has been, has been vanquished uh, because sin, death, and the devil have been defeated. So that's the indicative. And then the new has come. The new has come. Uh, and, and then we have to, to work that to out. Work of that course, out. we work that out in Christ. In gr- through grace, we can't do it on our own. Uh, Which is really the argument is, why, uh, why for infant baptism, uh, because we recognize that this gift of being made new is a work of God's grace, as Paul says, right. it's all from God, all this that's is from right. God. But we want those children to have the benefit of the grace they need to live out this new life. If, right. if we were committed to only, and there was a period of time when this became the tradition that is you kind of save baptism to the end of life like august or uh, 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 oh uh, constantine kind of put it off to the very end uh, there's tradition of that because the idea that it wiped your slate clean so if you could put off baptism to the end uh, then you just before you died the last second then you're wiped clean well the problem with that is you haven't had the graces well you haven't had the period, graces and and uh <laughs> I mean, it seems to me that that, that view uh, doesn't really understand the, verse, uh, the verses, and in particular mm-hmm. verse 17, that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, that we've been called to be renewed in Christ. The whole man is renewed. And so the, our whole life and all the choices and relationships, I mean, it seems to me that that fails to understand that what Christ does is transform and renew the whole creation and the whole of life and my relationships and and uh, if I postpone I I understand that I understand the mentality but if I postpone that to the end then I'm not really thinking about you know Christ is Lord of my life now mm-hmm. and 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 uh, and that my and that my human and human flourishing is has to be taken up within the dynamic of that uh, renewal and reconciliation and redemption that was accomplished in Jesus Christ, I'm I'm really sort of limiting the scope of that, the scope of that transformation, the scope of what Christ accomplished to the end. I, I don't see how one can plan his life that way. You know, yeah, I'm going to do it till the. I'm going to wait till the end. Roulette. I mean, I mean, it's really playing. It's not taking seriously the spiritual battle. No, that's also true. Uh, and and that's again. I mean, there are great verses to that, mm-hmm. and 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 you know, in Ephesians six, where yep. Saint Paul tells us to be strong in the Lord, and in His mighty power. He doesn't say believe in yourself. He says yep. be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power to put on the full armor of God, so that you can stand against the devil's schemes and put on you know the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. Uh, we have to be knights, and so if we really believe that our Lord, re- that, that Christianity is life-affirming, uh, life-affirming, and that it, uh, so that embraces the whole of our lives and all the choices and relationships and, and so on that, we, that we're engaged in, then, of course, we can't think that it's just about the end, as, as if this is, uh, as, if, as if the Christian life isn't about what's going on here and now. Remember, eternal life begins now. Mm-hmm. The fullness of eternal life, of course, 
is a, is a is a, a, a an eschatological, a transcendent reality. It's not until we see the Lord face to face that that the fullness of uh, of of eternal life is manifested in us. But to know Jesus Christ is to know eternal life. And if we know Christ now, uh, and that's what we have to call people to, then it begins now. That then that's when again we we're in Christ, and He is a new creation. He doesn't make the new creation a reality. Uh, uh, an eschatological reality, uh, of course, in one sense it is, because the fullness of what's accomplished there is not going to be manifested until until the end, until the Lord comes and consummates his His kingdom and his plan of salvation. Yeah, if, I suppose that that idea comes about when one only thinks about uh, the judgment being whether we are standing before God in right, a pure right. sense, because I'd be like covered with with uh, paint stains, and so all I need is to be doused with thinner, and then I can stand before right. I'm clean, and so if I can wait to the last minute. But really, again, that's that... Um, that reduces the scope of the Christian life. Yeah. It takes away from the idea that Christianity is life-affirming, that Jesus claimed came to reclaim the whole creation and the whole of our lives, and how we live our lives as, you know, whether it's as husbands and wives, as teachers, as students, as politicians, uh, we stand before the Lord, and everything has to be done. That's that's the imperative St. Paul gives us, to do everything uh, uh, for the in the name of Christ and mm-hmm. under his lordship. And, uh, well, we're, his, we're his children. We're so his children. we want to live out our life as exactly. faithful sons and daughters, exactly. not just... As if having sons and daughters that the only reason I need to see them is on the last day to make sure well, they're exactly. good to me. You know, it's a Isn't lifelong true? experience. Isn't that true? And so that brings us back again to if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The scope of that transformation is as broad as the creation. We, it's, and, and certainly if we just consider ourselves, it's a new creation. It's a, it's a transformation. It, it, we put off the old man. In the, in the more traditional rendering, or put off the old nature, or, in, or you know, in contemporary translations, uh, you know, you put off the old self and all its practices, and you put on the new self, uh, the new man, with, and all the practices and, and choices that are going to flow from, from that transformation. Just imagine if we, if we had, uh, uh, if we called... If Catholics in, in the parishes were called uh, to this transformation that Paul indicates here, and 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 the new creation, uh, it, evidence of that is linked with uh, the uh, you know the sacramental life, which is the life of grace, and and the choices that we make, and how do we how do we have Christian marriages and families? How do we deal with the challenges of our culture? Uh, uh, you know, as as teachers and the culture of life and healthcare practitioners. I mean, I th- I think that's the the fullness of the Christian life embraces all of these things, and it and and I think it flows from St. Paul's understanding that uh, that man is a new creation in Christ. And we can we don't lose that um, that newness. But it can be covered over with well, of the continued saying of sin. And there's a, a section in Hebrews chapter 6 that 
um, you know, we don't want to, well, it might be interested here because uh, I do believe that the Hebrew 6 passage connects here, uh, beginning with verse 4, because the author of Hebrews, I believe it was St. Paul, but, you know, there's, there's different opinions of that. He writes, for it is impossible to restore again to repentance those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, and have been partakers of the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they then commit apostasy, since they crucify the Son of God on their own account and hold him up to contempt. But when he uses the phrases, who have been enlightened, to taste the heavenly gift, partakers of the Holy Spirit, I mean, the the context is talking about baptism. These are baptized right. Right. members of the body who've received training. Uh, you know, they've received the sacraments. Right. They go to Mass. They do all the things. Right. But they can fall away. Well, and if I could link that to, uh, you know, 2 Corinthians, uh, 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 sorry, 1 Corinthians 6, where he's talking to the Corinthian, Corinthian community, and they too have been ba- baptized, they too have been sanctified in Christ, you know, the, and, and the, 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 point, the, the point of transformation was baptism, but he tells them, you know, not to be, not to be deceived, yeah. Uh, yeah. not to be deceived, and he, uh, uh, stop deceiving yourselves, he says, neither the sexually immoral, the Greek, uh, there is the pornoi, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor soft men, malakoi, which is uh, effeminate males who play the sexual role of females, nor men who lie with males, which is the Greek word there, as you know, is arsinokoitai, which is a which is a combination from uh, the, the uh, uh, in, in Leviticus, uh, a combination of the uh, Leviticus 18 regarding, uh, you know, a man lying with a man is an abomination to the Lord. Well, in the Septuagint, which translated, uh, is the Greek translation of the Hebrew, it, 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 it created a word, arsinokoitoi. None of, none of these who live this life, it's not to, just talking about individual actions, it's talking about a pattern of behavior, uh, the, the serial, unrepentant uh, uh, men persons who are idolaters, adulterers, and so on, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. And these things some of you used to be, he says. Mm-hmm. But you washed yourself off. Washing, of, again, is a reference, of yep. course, to baptism. You were made holy or sanctified. You were made righteous or justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. Huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's so writing to Christians. He's writing to Christians. And yep. they have fallen away from the Lord. And they have, the, you know, the, the sinful practices... Uh, of uh, the the Corinthians uh, uh, that he's to- he's talking to in in First Corinthians uh, uh, six. So again, it's a evidence that God's grace is at work in your life because it's not just an in- it's not just an interior reality. Grace is of course mm-hmm. is is an interior reality. Uh, you have an interior life, uh, but it has to be expressed in the choices that we make, and we're all sinners. Uh, yeah. We're all sinners, but we have to trust. I always tell my students, uh, you know, we have to trust in 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 the promise that uh, that we receive in uh, in the first letter of John, uh, in in the, in in the ninth verse, where uh, where he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us yes. from all unrighteousness. 
And if yeah. we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in. So again, he's writing, he's writing to Christians who are part of the body. Well, and, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we're all sinners. We need to turn to the Lord. Uh, you know, uh, Dante, in, in the, the last volume of the Divine Comedy on, on hell, on, on, uh, uh, he, he doesn't put uh, um, um, weak people in hell. He puts unrepentant people go to hell. Yeah. And so we have to recognize that we are not, we're not worthy. In thought, word, and deed, we're sinners, and we have to trust in the promises of Christ that we receive here from, you know, his word through John, that if we confess our sins, the Lord is going to be faithful and just well, to forgive and, us our sins and, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that brings us, you know, back to 18. It's all from God. It's all God. It's all from the Lord. Now, let's, we're going to take another break, Eduardo. When we come back, we'll have a few more minutes. I, I'd love, I mean, there's so much to cover in this passage. I mean, I mean, one thing is to talk about why it is that so many Catholics and Christians do not evangelize. And I think part of it is that if you want to be a, um, you know, an ambassador for Christ, you really need to appreciate what you've got. And if you don't appreciate what you have and, and, and what you've received and, and all that it requires of you, then you're not enthused to go tell anyone about me. That's something else right. we talk about. But I think what I'd like to do is to, to address the possibility that there are listeners that, um, because of some of the things we've said, you know, they, they want to be reconciled to God. So let's take a break. Let's talk about what can a person do right now to be reconciled to God. We'll do that when we come back. You're listening to Deep in Scripture. This is your host, Marcus Grodi. I'm joined by Dr. Eduardo Echeverria, and you're hearing us on EWTN, your global Catholic radio network. The Coming Home Network International is a nonprofit Catholic lay apostolate dedicated to helping Protestant clergy and laity come home to the Catholic Church. It was founded by Marcus Grodi, the host of this program, as well as the Journey Home television program on EWTN. If you are on the journey and interested in learning more about the Coming Home Network International, or know someone who's thinking of becoming Catholic, please visit our website, www.chnetwork.org, or contact us at one 800 664 Welcome back to Deep in Scripture. My name is Marcus Grodi, your host. I'm joined by Dr. Eduardo Echeverria. We're looking at 2 Corinthians, and we're focusing on this need to be reconciled to God. Now, Eduardo, back in 17, it, it informs us, it tells us, it proclaims to us that if we are in Christ, if we've been baptized and, re- and by faith we are part of the body of Christ, then something passive has happened. We have been changed. But then in verse 20, he ends this little section with an imperative. We beseech you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. What are we to do? Well, um, those of us who, by God's grace, uh, are committed to this message of reconciliation, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's sins against them, that message has been entrusted to us, then that's, that's what we need to do. We have to call others to reconciliation. And, and I think uh, at, 
it's not the only thing, but at the heart of that, of course, is is uh, in calling others to reconciliation. Uh, I think at the heart of that is to call them to understand that Jesus Christ is the answer to the question that is every human life. Jesus Christ is the answer to the question that that is their human life. Who are they? Uh, who are they? Uh, they've been created uh, by God. They've been created by God and for God, and yet at the same time, uh, we're we're fallen. We're sinners. Uh, we have to come to the recognition that we're sinners and that we need a redeemer. If we don't, if we if we don't think that we're sinners, I mean, in the first place, if we don't think that we've been created, uh, but if we don't think that we're sinners, then of course we're not going to have a, a sense of that yeah. we need a redeemer, yeah. uh, and that we're and. And, and we're not going to understand that we that we need to be reconciled to God, and and because of our sin, uh, uh, because of our sin, we need to be reconciled to God, and that God has provided uh, through Christ the means of reconciliation. Huh? That that's the most important thing. That that's the most important thing to be first and foremost reconciled with God. I'm wondering if maybe someone, especially a Catholic listeners, might be a little mad at us because we've talked about possibility that somebody's gone to mass every sunday their whole life been baptized catechized uh confirmed uh even say the beads from time to time but that we're implying there's a possibility that they may not have experienced the fullness of what they may think they have and you know what what is a catholic to do what is what is any christian to do that uh, you know, lives out the faith, but maybe hasn't fully surrendered to Jesus. Well, I mean, I suppose in the first place, uh, none of us are in a position, you know, to make that, uh, you know, to make a judgment about a person's eternal right, standing. Okay. So, but at the same time, uh, I think we we have to assume that as long as we're in this life, uh, we're still working towards entering more fully into the benefits of Christ's saving work. Huh? And so we're, you and I aren't saying, well, we, we know what those benefits are and we've experienced the fullness of those benefits. No, you and I are all, we're both sinners, but, but we, right. we understand, uh, by God's grace, we understand what this calling is about and, and we want all, others to share in that calling. Exactly. We're all on this journey. We're all desiring to grow by grace. Dr. That's right. Eduardo, I'm gonna, uh, we're going to have to come to a close. Thank you for joining us on the Deep Scripture program. Eduardo, Thank it's you. great to have you. Thank and, you, Marcus. Uh, it was a pleasure to be here with you. God bless you all. See you next Take week. Take care.